Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the one and only 411 Podcast Network. I am Justin Watry. You are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast. As usual, I am joined by Steve. How you doing? Hey, fantastic. With you as always is Garth. No. <laughs> Party on. But Party anyway, on. Uh, we got a few things, obviously. We're going to talk about Paul Heyman's, quote-unquote, Paul Heyman's Raw from this past Monday night. We got, uh, obviously, controversy with All Elite Wrestling, the yeah. little chair shot thingamajig. Uh, we're going to talk about chair who... We're going to talk about who uh, Alistair Black may be facing. Or may not be facing. Or knocking on doors or whatever he's planning on doing. Knock, knock, knocking on Alistair's door. <laughs> hey, that's a good song. Hey, I can do it. There you go. So we'll be talking about that. Of course, Extreme Rules is in, uh, I think it's in like a week and a half already. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, they're coming quick. But anyways, um, I wrote here on Twitter here, I got a few things. So Time flies when you're desperate for ratings. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> took 30 seconds right <laughs> 30 seconds and by the way i think they went up about 20 percent. they did week. they had an impressive showing this week so i'm guessing uh the curiosity of uh the Heyman stuff oh, absolutely. or even after the undertaker return people may have been like hmm i wonder if he'll show up this week but anyways before i get to a few personal things going on here in the lab we're gonna do a quick little twitter question i was sent from the grievance committee nice name i love it uh-oh. Um, he just basically asks uh, about Bray Wyatt, and when are we finally going to get a match? That's a good question. Um, you know, they've been building and building and building, and now we have the little cameos backstage or whatever. I, I almost wonder, is there such thing as too much build-up? Like, are they building him up too, uh, too much, and then when he finally does make an appearance, are we going to be disappointed because it's been built up so much, you know? Well, I'm used to disappointing people, so I'm going to just <laughs> say that I agree with you, and it's almost the Aleister Black with the promos thing. It's right. like, can we get to it already? Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, I know they got to sell pay-per-views and all that, but you got to give us something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more than overdue at this point, and I have no idea. I mean, I know it's Philadelphia, so they'd give right. them a big reaction at oh, Extreme Rules. Whoa, wait, Extreme Rules is in Philly? Heyman's all over Raw? Oh, this is going to be something. Hey. Are you assuming Bray is going to be on Raw? Well, no, I'm just saying that we're going to be in Philadelphia, which we all know is notorious for having some hardcore fans, and then they love Paul Heyman. Hardcore <laughs> I mean, is the word. Just, they just love Paul Heyman to death. I mean, you're going to hear EC dub chants all night. <laughs> they probably will be doing that as always. But Guaranteed. I, I have no idea when Bray Wyatt is going to have his first match. I know they've uh, finally stopped with the Firefly Funhouse. And how will uh, Roman be received in Philly? You know, we've, he's had a rocky relationship with that town. By the way, Roman, just like Finn, another week where he is not on SmackDown. Yeah, where was and he? And Finn Balor did the little tease with Nakamura. Not this past week, but two weeks ago, and right. then nothing again. And nothing, yeah. And Balor's been a guy who's not been on SmackDown since the Superstar shakeup at all. And Is he hurt? Roman's or? been on Raw, I think, the past two weeks without SmackDown. So, remember, these guys were moved to SmackDown. Right, right, exactly. And, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, Balor, the thing, I don't know. I'm still thinking uh, his money in the bank, uh, wasn't he the one who got powerbombed, like that flip powerbomb, remember, and then the, like, the ladders exploded. On oh Drott yeah, yeah. Or on he, took, or... he took a ton of hits at that Money in the Bank paper. Yeah, I think he even hasn't been on too many live events. So actually, the idea of Balor being hurt, you know, it, I mean, that makes sense. It might carry a little bit of weight, but 
I kind of sidetracked here, but I did say a few things, so I want to first publicly thank Mr. Steve here for helping me last week with my tire. Oh, yes, yeah. I got to school a son of, of how to change a tire. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> Teach me a lesson or two. So basically last week, right after recording this, I uh, started to drive out of the driveway, and all of a sudden my light, and uh, <laughs> I have a new car, so no light should be coming on my car. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not for a while with 7,000 miles on it. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, I felt, oh, wait a minute, why am I driving like this? Why does it feel like the <laughs> car is sloping and I'm bloom, bloom, bloom? You know, that sluggish feeling you uh, get. Uh, yeah, we all get that. And uh, sure enough, tire on uh, the front was shot. And uh, no, I do not know how to change a tire on my own. <laughs> well, but, you do now. <laughs> but luckily, uh, Steve saved the day for me. Well, luckily, I was on my way to get food. <laughs> and then there's a familiar looking guy standing on the side with his phone in his hand. I'm like, well, what's up, dude? <laughs> So uh, I hope the Burger King was worth it. No, actually, it wasn't. Burger <laughs> King sucked. No offense. I mean, actually, all offense. I Burger King catches this. Their meal that I had last week was absolute garbage. Oh boy! And we the love meal Burger I had before, and the meal I had before that at Burger King was absolute garbage. So sorry, Burger King. Two strikes, out. Wow, we like Burger King here. I did until they got rid of their sourdough stuff, and I had to venture into new ideas, and now. We don't, don't like even, change. We don't like change. We don't like change. I'm not a big fan. Just the 90s Burger King. Right? Yeah. Um, besides that, um, I also had some family BS. I wasn't even home for four days. Um, Spider-Man saw that Monday night. Uh, Stranger Things is out now. And also, since I know he is listening right now, shout out to uh, my buddy at work. His name is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. How you doing? I bet you're smiling right now listening to this. But he uh, he kind of found me out. He, uh, Uh-oh. He uh, went on uh, YouTube, and uh, all of a sudden they had, like, a suggested for you or whatever, oh, or recommended. Oh, yeah. And I try to keep all, uh, you know, this stuff and everything personal and work separate, you know. Yeah, Just same here. No right. reason to do that. And, uh, you know, needless to say, we were at Summerfest the other day, and uh, he kind of mentioned a few things. And, oh. there's the, and he's like, oh, this, this, and this. And I'm just like, all right, all right, so you got me. <laughs> so... Uh, he wanted a little shout out, so I'm giving him a little shout out now. But it's uh, kind of weird now, because uh, obviously now <laughs> he's asking like, "Oh, that's why you're telling all these stories at work, and yeah, you talk sometimes, and you know all this stuff." So I have to say, you are one of the most elusive people. Like every time I try to get any kind of information out of you, it's like pulling teeth out of a beaver. Like <laughs> it's it's insane how a beaver. Well, because they have big teeth. Oh, I see. I thought you were sure, pointy teeth insulting me I, no. I don't have that big a team no i just it's hard to get any kind of information out of you <laughs> all right well Alex. you'd be perfect for the cia i oh. mean i mean not the cia the um oh crap secret service we're, FBI? Getting, we're getting raided oh boy we're done for <laughs> the lab is being all right the lab <laughs> so uh shout out to alex uh, i guess he found me out so now he wants to listen and do all this crap so there you go man you got it so we're gonna jump into here we go here we go first we're gonna jump right into "Quote unquote," Paul Heyman's Raw. Apparently, Raw is Heyman. Raw is Heyman. So we're not really going to discuss SmackDown too much because um, honestly, it didn't feel too different at all. And by reports, Bischoff won't be starting uh, right till, till after, after the pay per view. Till after the pay per view, he's even going to move to Connecticut, which a lot of people, you know, don't like as part of it. But you know, if you're going to be in meetings all day and kind of have to right, be with and them. I mean, that's a big that's a big showing that he's actually got some faith in this position too. Yeah, that actually is a huge move to me because I don't know if uh, I don't know where Heyman lives honestly, but I don't know if he would or a lot of other people, but. I remember in, um, I think it was 2002 when Bischoff came in as the Raw GM, you know, no actual power, but on right. screen. on screen. 
And I think one of the first things he said was, I'll do it. I'll do every week. I'll come in. You can basically do whatever you want to me, but I won't move. Right. So it's kind of interesting now, you know, 17 years later that, you know, he's kind of up for it. And he could also be in a different position in his life where he has oh, yeah. the ability. Maybe, you know, he had kids back then and now they're out of school and college or whatever. doing whatever. And I think obviously, you know, having power now, you want to go all right. In. I mean, you want to be present in all those decision making yeah, areas. You want to be involved. So we're just going to kind of focus on Paul Heyman's Raw here and we're going to call it Paul Heyman's Raw, even if it wasn't. So the opening That's segment. because I didn't watch SmackDown. <laughs> Oh, my. Well, they didn't get quite the ratings bump that Raw saw, so I think people kind of knew that was coming. So we're going to start here. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman started Pulse Count Anywhere. Wow. And uh, (laughs) I don't think we really need to discuss the match because, honestly, who cares? I don't Uh, even – did the match even ever get started, really? I don't know, and honestly, I don't care. So the thing was, obviously, at the end, um, was it Braun who tackled Lashley? Yeah, yeah, Braun – Put, you know, you see them take on these these LED boards, and every now and then they get cracked or they start, you know, wavering in their lights or whatnot. You never actually see somebody go through the darn thing. Yeah, that was a nice callback to Rhino Goring. Yeah, Jericho. oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think it was summer two thousand one, building yep, up to the SummerSlam match. But um, didn't he almost like crack his head or something on something? I don't know. That's even tough. Like, how do you even like set that up? Because once I, you're doing it full force, I mean, right. you don't know what's going to There's gonna really no happen. stopping. <laughs> yeah, they're going. So, I mean, the rumor is they might get a new uh, stage. But, yeah, that's uh, what I heard. They're redesigning stuff, and that was a reason. I mean, it would make sense. You, I think with this new move, you do have to finally make Raw Raw and SmackDown SmackDown. Right, absolutely. So if this was the first step towards that, I understand it. But otherwise, a uh, very cool opening scene. Obviously, them destroying the Titan Tron. Hey, it was nice to see Pyro again. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Pyro is nice for Corey Graves to yell, holy <laughs> Whoa, S-H-I-T, hey. which was very cool. Nice little moment there. USA Network obviously had a heads up not to bleep that out. Right. And um, I wrote in my column, 411mania.com, which I'm taking this off of. I am going to say that this was a good opening segment. Just real quick, the they are on a seven-second delay, so if they wanted to bleep it out, they sure could have. Yeah, they, they opted not to. Right, so they had some sort of heads up at right. least. So they knew that was coming. And I wrote it as a good opening segment and just kind of like a little uh, game we're going to play here. I mean, this answer seems like kind of obvious. <laughs> I like games, even <laughs> though I lose them all. But Every time, but hey. I would just say um, Paul Heyman or not Paul Heyman. All right, well, um, here we go. Yeah, that's, I'm going to dig back in the memories here. <laughs> it's been a long week. It's been warm. All right, well, <laughs> I'm going to say the opening was definitely Paul that Heyman. That was definitely, yeah. I mean, it just had that edgier vibe to it. It certainly seemed like it, and I have no doubt Heyman you know, went to Vince and said, look, you know, we got 10 minutes in the opening segment to hook viewers. Right. You got to grab them and you got to make them want to stay. Yeah. And it's the whole thing with setting up a pay-per-view. That's why a big match always starts. Right. You know, yep. you're not going to start it with whatever, some dumpy tag match that means nothing or something. Right. Exactly. You're going to start it out big and hook viewers and then from there kind of work your way through the card. They tried that and that's what happened at WrestleMania 8. <laughs> <laughs> you got Michaels and Tito Santana. Woo. Hey, we love Michaels. Here. Oh, I love Shawn Michaels. Absolutely. Got his autograph. What? You do? Oh, yeah. I gave the guy a hug, too. Yeah, oh, that, come on. I got uh, the Shawn Michaels Mr. WrestleMania DVD. Oh, yeah. come on. Oh, yeah. Dude is awesome. Very nice guy. Well, now I'm jealous of that. <laughs> but anyways, I, I like how the- pictures of it, too. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I'm super jealous. <laughs> All right, so we got the big opening segment, and I like that they kept going back to it. Yeah, that's that was cool. They kept giving us updates. You know, Renee Young, props to her. She looked legitimately shook. 
Um, I mean, yeah, Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves were pulling it off too, but Renee looked like she was seriously upset. So you kind of almost have to wonder how much the announcers really knew, or maybe they personally kept her in the dark for the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know. But I mean, Corey Graves was obviously giving a heads up, right? Because he had his little word, <laughs> his little word. It wouldn't surprise me about Renee. That's a good idea. Or maybe she saw the. Uh pictures of john moxley's back after, oh yeah or maybe was, she was still oh, thinking about that right oh, oh. So, so i like that they kept going back to it and by even, the way like how long now did we put an egg timer on how long it would take for john moxley to get extreme quote unquote yeah so much for taking it easy now and, <laughs> yeah so much for that so he's three inch scars yeah you know nothing big so <laughs> so i'm glad they kept going back to it. and even smackdown started with them you know and like the cold open of them looking at the camera saying yeah. we had a situation Monday night and all that. So I like that they did that. I will say a small little uh, nitpick, I guess, was I want to say it was like 20 or 30 minutes. The, the screen lit back up again. It didn't stay black and broken oh, really? and everything. It was right back to what it was. And I was like, oh, come on. I mean, yeah, I get it. People worked on it to fix it. But right. they should have just kept the carnage laying there. I agree. I, I didn't even notice that, to be honest. And like, I think it was. Um, I noticed when Seth came out, there was a big black box where his logo usually goes to SFNR. I think it logo. was. Um, I forgot the pay-per-view. It was in 2011. I think uh, Mark Henry and Big Show destroyed the ring. Yeah. I th- well, maybe it was Vengeance 2011. Nope, it was Night of... No, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I think it was Vengeance. I could be wrong. I'm going to be wrong. Whatever. They they did it. I remember it happening. They broke the ring, right. and then there was still Cena and Del Rio in the last man standing match, and they didn't fix the ropes or anything. They just had a match around. Oh, really? Everything broken down, and I thought that I was super cool. No, it was very cool, and that's when Cena and Del Rio traded the title back and forth for a few pay-per-views oh, yeah, until yeah. Del Rio ended up with it. And then a month later, CM Punk beat CM him. CM Punk. <laughs> and that started that 14-month reign. But anyways, right. I thought it was cool they laid it out. So up next, um, this was kind of a, I don't like the word botch, but uh, the Street Profits open raw by showing up <laughs> on the screen standing there. You know, hanging out. You know, just like hanging you out, you know, not NXT at all. But anyways, um, I actually wrote bad for this, and I wrote it because this – Brought me back to the Viking Raiders mm-hmm. or Viking experience, being called up to the main roster right. while while still champions. It just didn't make sense to me. I mean, it fixes again the whole NXT now tag division. What do they do with that? Here these guys right. are. I mean, you can laugh at the wild card rule, but how are these guys even here? Are they called up? Are they not? You know, later reports said they're not. This was just kind of a one-off thing. But right. I wrote bad just because you know it just didn't make too much sense. And then I even gave a little flashback at the uh, Fastlane pay-per-view we were at in 2017. Oh, yeah. Before Goldberg and Kevin Owens had their universal there title match. Jericho logo. Jericho's little uh, screen logo thing popped up on the right. screen. And it was like, ah, great. Well, well we know what's happening <laughs> there. Um, from what I heard is that there was actually a lot of politics that went into bringing the Street Profits up, which says to me, and I think uh, uh, other people have said this as well, is that Paul Heyman was is really likes the Street Profits and really wanted them on his part of Raw. I mean, you want to have new young guys on there. You want to, like, generate a buzz because it's your first night on the job, all that good stuff. But I'm apparently, you know, there was a lot of shindigging that had to go around just to get them up there. A lot of <clears> shenanigans. So, so apparently I'm thinking maybe Triple H agrees with you and me, you know, because I also agree. If you're a champion in one division or one area, stay there, serve your time, drop the title, come up, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I will say that um, Paul Heyman appeared in one uh, segment, you know, not anything like that. It was all about Brock Lesnar, which he does right. anyways. And, and he didn't mention his new position either. No, which, which he shouldn't. He exactly. does not like authority figures anyways. <laughs> but I was saying that he appeared with 
one other uh, talent that night, and yeah. it was a street prophet. So right. clearly he had a say in that. So he wouldn't have done that, you know, with people he didn't like or believe in. And he had a whole new appreciation for solo cups. And as uh, <laughs> right, and about the politics part, his first night on the job, and you go and talk to two NXT guys and say you're going to be on Raw, you instantly have two allies for life. Right. Those yeah. guys are forever going to say, you know, Heyman, I owe you this. Or I'm I'll, surprised they don't have Paul Heyman guy shirts. I'll jump through hoops for you. You know, it's right. one of those things where instantly now he has them, you know, in his palm of his hand, if you want to say it that way. So it's the dangerous alliance all over again. <laughs> Start it up. So there we go. Not that we really need it, but, uh, you know, was that a Paul Heyman segment or not? I would say yes. I would say yeah. I mean, the Street Profits, the street profits being up there in general is all, all Heyman doing. I would say so. So up next we had uh, the Viking Raiders, speaking of, versus the New Day. That quickly turned into a six-man tag match with yeah, Samoa right? Joe and Kofi. I was actually kind of excited to see a, a tag match. And then they had to bring every. I mean, not that it was a bad, you know, six-man tag or whatever, but I was actually kind of excited to see the Vikings and the and the New Day kind of have a decent match. Yeah, and um, this was actually a rare loss for Kofi Kingston as uh, Joe choked him out. I think um, I don't want to say this is his first loss since Mania, but he has not lost in a long time. Yeah, and it's just super cool that he has been winning and winning constantly. So for Joe to win, it kind of meant something. Right, at that, and I think it's really good story build up because Joe is this monster, and Kofi is, you know, Kofi, she's awesome and positive and all that, but Joe is just, you know, he's intense, he's psychological, tells a great story. I think it's actually fitting for him to kind of have a couple of victories in his pocket before going in the main show because now you're like, okay, he's going for that title. He really wants it. Maybe, you know, he's got a shot at it. Yeah, he needed this, especially because if you already forgot, a week ago he lost clean to Ricochet. Right, (laughs) and the fact that, you know, him and Kofi are on different shows and we were talking that, you know, it's like almost a foregone conclusion that he's not going to take the title. Yeah. You know, but now it makes you question it because, well, he beat him a couple of times he beat him already and i like that he did get that win so now he can say hey i already beat you once so right i mean it kind of brings me back a little bit last year where he uh him and aj kind of started a feud around the same time so that's wendy int- oh wendy <laughs> i love that so that was really good i mean that was, was really awesome good. storytelling so what do you think was that a paul Heyman? um building up joe you know, just from the feel of it, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that was kind of the other side, uh, stuff that's already been kind of in the works. Yeah, I would say Joe, I mean, champions kind of lose non-title matches all mm-hmm. the time. Right. So I would say that kind of fits a little bit. And Kofi, you know, probably could lose once or twice. It's You know, it's okay. Makes him human. Yeah, it makes him human. It's okay. And I would say mm-hmm. uh, Heyman likes Joe. So it yeah. probably, you know, he probably didn't say anything bad and probably was like, you know, heck yeah, let's give him this win and make him look like a monster. So up next I wrote The Good. Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick is your, <laughs> He finally is, did it. He is the champion. So proud of him. <laughs> so proud of him. And uh, Renee is- Much uh, to her chagrin. <laughs> yeah, she had some great facial reactions. Oh, my God. In the crowd where she like lifted her head and was just yep. staring at our truth coming down, and Drake was like- I actually caught a video just uh, this afternoon because uh, they're on their honeymoon, and I remember reading- uh, a little bit of Twitter while Raw was going on saying that this honeymoon videos that they're going to put on are just going to be classic, great, great product. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was hilarious because uh, the wife now is, he's all excited, USA, and we're having this party. And she looks at the camera and she's like, this is my life. This is what I have to deal with and for she, the rest of my life. And she just stared at him and gave him the look. <laughs> the, that, look. the look. We've all had that look. We all know about that. <laughs> so I thought it was very cool. He's a champ now, and he obviously he's doing his little honeymoon thing. And right. I think they went to Orlando, or they went to like where they live or something, and she was like, you took me where I live? And oh, they, they took, uh, yeah, in the video that I watched, they showed up at EC3's house, <laughs> and they were partying around his pool. And he's like, but our honeymoon is 24-7, baby. <laughs> so I love it. I don't know if that's necessarily a Heyman thing because this has been ongoing. Yeah, I, I don't think that's on a Heyman thing. But I will just say how quickly, you know, the 24-7 title, wasn't it the only third hour of Raw, and then it turned to yep. SmackDown, then it turned to whoever, whatever. So yeah, um, I wrote The Good. They abandoned the rules so quickly. Yes. Cesaro is Superman. Um, he basically beat the crap out of No Way Jose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, poor No Way Jose. That guy just can't seem to get anything under his legs. But uh... <laughs> that that's fine by me. And um, oh, Cesaro was a Heyman guy. Yeah, that's true. He was. Um, I think that that display of strength that he showed doing all that craziness. I've, I've heard that there's a new stable with him involved. Really? Uh, it, last I saw it, now they may have already abandoned this, but it was, uh, they came out on main event and it was um, uh, Cesaro, Bobby Roode, and. EC3? Was it EC3? I don't know. No. No? I think it was somebody else. Did you mind Googling it quick for me? Yeah, I'll do that. You, All right, ke- cool. you keep talking. I'll keep talking about Cesaro. So um, I'm just looking at a video right now. I posted in my column again, 411mania.com, cheap plug there. I'm looking at it, and, you know, Heyman is shaking hands with Cesaro. This was obviously the night after WrestleMania in 2014, and he was a Heyman guy. And I can't imagine his uh, belief in him has really changed too much. So if Heyman, uh, you know, believed in him then, my guess is after his tag team with Sheamus the past few years, you know, he probably still believes in him. There's really nothing still to doubt. I mean, as long as Cesaro stays healthy and keeps doing what he's doing, I have no problem with him beating up No Way Jose, especially because No Way Jose, that that's kind of his role. That's kind of what he does. You know, we've all been to live events, and uh, him and especially the Lucha House Party, those guys get the crowd going, and they're great, and they're fun. You know, fun act to do. And then, yeah, when Cesaro comes out, he can destroy him. So right, right. Uh, yeah, it was EC3. You're right. The well, main event muscle. The main event muscle. But well, again, you know, we didn't see it ever again. So no, maybe they've already. If it's as main event muscle, that implies they're just guys <laughs> just on main, main event. event <laughs> which, you know. Which they obviously shouldn't be. That's they... where EC3 shined. Oh, right. <laughs> of course. Of course he did. Oh, and that wedding. No, oh, and of course. So uh, what do you think? Heyman uh, behind Cesaro again? I mean, the guy. Definitely deserves to be in a top level, and uh, for whatever reason, the the brass have not put him there ever since Sheamus has you know conveniently disappeared due to injury or whatnot. Yeah. Um. You know, Cesaro's just been kind of hanging out there, and he you know he actually looked like he legitimately was angry at uh at at Jose and this conga line thing going on. He just destroyed him but it definitely does kind of have a, a Paul Heyman kind of feel to it it wouldn't surprise me if Heyman you know like slapped him upside the head and was like go show some fire right like bring get me angry back. <laughs> get angry and you know for what it's worth Sheamus was backstage at Smackdown yeah so you know that might be a clue I right mean there. Cesaro's a good heel he, I mean he can really play any kind of any side of it I mean 
Yeah, I like Cesaro. I'm a big fan of his. I think a clear heel. I know fans got behind him the Cesaro section and all that. Right. But, you know, he's never jumped as a face to me. Maybe it's just me. Really? But he seems definitely a heel, especially with the – he doesn't have the theme anymore, but the James Bond theme and everything. That was cool. I did like the whole tearaway tuxedo. and. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. So up next on Raw, I wrote The Good. Um, Undertaker speaks. So, you know, Drew and Shane obviously came out and did yeah. their little thing where they start talking. And then... Uh, we got lightning. We got lightning back. <laughs> and I always loved the little Undertaker game. So and that's, more pyro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool with me. Undertaker came out, did his usual promo. Right. And, you know, it's obviously just a little uh, teaser for things to come. So will take your soul. <laughs> I'll swallow your soul. And swallow apparently soul. they will never rest in peace. Never. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's they done, already they done messed up. I think it's already been announced for Raw this week. Um, it's going to be Shane and Drew versus yeah. Reigns and a partner of Shane's choosing. And if Undertaker interferes, the match at Extreme Rules is off. I I could be wrong about that, but <sighs> just like Seth and Becky versus Andrade and Selena. Has yeah. Been, so that'll be good. But um, I mean, <sighs> just Shane. <laughs> Yeah, just done. I, I, just I, I don't done. know. I don't know, but um, I don't. I don't think Heyman probably had much to. No, this I think feuds probably. Already... I think anything happening with Shane McMahon does not have Heyman's fingerprints on it. <laughs> I don't think he, I, Heyman, being a smart wrestling guy, probably understands that. Okay, you're done, Shane. You know, you yeah. served your purpose and you've overstayed your welcome by about two years. He's very plugged in, so I'm guessing he gets a million messages a day saying, "Hey, can you uh, ban Shane from Raw or Please? something?" Please. <laughs> Please. So um, up next, unfortunately, I wrote The Bad. Uh-oh. Um, I just wrote Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. You know, Lacey beat Natalia. Not, right. not much to it. Right. But um, not uh, not so much as them, but just them as the main event. Yeah. yeah. You know, did Lacey versus Natalia feel like them building towards the Extreme Rules main event? Not really. Not at no. all. It felt like, you know, Lacey was building up for a title shot or she was still back in like January where she'd walk to the ring and, you know, do nothing. Right. And I don't know if it's just me, but her in-ring work doesn't seem as fluid as it did in NXT. Like she seems very clunky now. Yeah, I mean, she's always been more of a character person. Kind of has Corbin, but I think Corbin's gotten better. So I remember her having some decent matches on NXT, though. Like, she was actually quite a good worker, and I was actually kind of behind her. I remember she posted a video with her daughter, and it was like, hey, so is your mom ever going to be NXT champ? And the daughter from the back is like, no! And she's like, what? And turned the camera off. Wow. But she, I, I remember, and I remember when I saw that, I was like, well, don't sell yourself short. You've got a lot of time yet. And, yeah. you know, now that I see her in the ring, she just doesn't seem as fluid and confident as she did back in NXT. Well, and that's what all this is about, especially, again, working with Natalia or whoever, you know. Right. She didn't need to beat Becky, and she won at Extreme Rules, but, you know, there's plenty of time. She just debuted. Right. So there's no reason to rush it. And that's the other thing is, like, okay, so we had one match at Money in the Bank. Now we had another one at Stomping Grounds. And how many times are they just going to rehash the same feud over and over and over Yeah, again? I mean, they made the match Extreme Rules. It is going to be no disqualification. Right. So, but, I mean, that, 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 that like, three-month extended thing that only can happen decently with the, with the you know decent characters like Triple H Batista pulled it off was it five straight pay-per-views that and, and all of them were fantastic it was three and it was all three straight clean victories but right. the thing was each time Triple H had an excuse at Wrestlemania he never hit the pedigree right and then for the next month he talked about how Batista's eyes betrayed him and he got scared when he set up the pedigree at Wrestlemania okay 
Backlash, there was a referee situation, and then right. finally Triple H and Batista agreed. Hell in a cell. Yeah, it was yeah, it was pretty much you pick the match, you pick whatever stipulation, I'm gonna still beat you. Right. And then Triple H went for the match that obviously <clears throat> he's been in a bunch, and then Batista beat him, and then that right. was it. So Right. But I mean they pulled it off. You had great yeah. characters like Triple H and Batista, you know, just two going wild. And I would say each time, you know, you know, Becky's one clean each time. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> so you have to kind of recognize and kind of even, I, I hate to say, Vince, look at your fan base, but obviously nobody is as invested in this Becky Lynch, Lacey Evans thing anymore. And same thing with Corbin and, and Seth Rollins. We're done with it. Get them on, move them on to something else. Give them a little title, whatever it is. <laughs> a little title. Have Baron chase a 24-7 title. Lacey can run around. With her daughter. Be, yeah. Well, let's not bring daughters into it. But, no, that's true. You know, she can run around being a sassy Southern Belle and Maybe being a thorn aside of Naomi and Carmella, you know, let them Aren't they smack have them? a thing. Is the does wild that, card does rule? Does that matter anymore? Really? You're gonna question me on semantics like that? On the wild card rule? <laughs> what wild card? That's rule? my hill to die on the uh, wild card rule. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So uh, it's funny you mentioned the Vince thing. Um, do you think uh, Lacey Evans and Corbin is a Paul Heyman deal or not? Um, I I personally think it's a, a Vince thing. I know you we've we've talked a little bit off air that it was that uh, Baron Corbin is well liked by Paul Heyman, and that's well well and good. But I think that uh, in this particular case. Baron Corbin has a has a place to shine, just not where he's at now, and we're kind of done with it now. Yeah, and I would agree with that, and that was kind of what I was writing about in the column here, is that they're fine. I have nothing against Lacey Evans. Honestly, I don't even have that much against Baron Corbin. I right. really don't, but, you know, main eventing now three in a row. And yeah. The winner take all. Like, none of this felt like main event. Yeah. I need to tune in. It feels forced. It really does feel forced. It feels like they need one more match out of the pay-per-view before whatever happens at SummerSlam. Yeah, is somebody just not ready yet? We can't bring him in now, or what? <laughs> uh, do you want to know who? No. <laughs> You're, you love him. So, anyway. Yeah. We're gonna move on there real quick. So, uh, oh, the, now the, I know it. Oh, thank you for not saying it. But my God, now I know. Hey, Heyman's running raw. Oh. All right. So, uh, the Miz versus Elias. Do I even um, need to? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> is this another two out of three falls? Is, uh, however, though, I, I mean, mean, we did finally see the figure four win a match for the Miz. I don't know how uh, how long ago it's been since that's happened. More importantly, we finally saw Miz win. <laughs> oh, there you go. He did finally win one. So that would be my thing. Um, does this have anything to do with Heyman? Yes or no? Probably not. I mean, I don't know Probably what not. I don't know what Miz and and Heyman's uh, chemistry is, or what Elias and and Heyman's chemistry is like. If either, well, uh, you know, if they're on his good side, bad side, whatever. But it it doesn't have that. It it just feels kind of. It feels Flat. like what we've been seeing. Yeah, exactly. So yep. nothing real new. I wrote in the column here, this is kind of an interesting little topic. I wrote that um, another USA decision that we ripped WWE for, but isn't even up to them. And I'm referring to the whole uh, like commercial thing. Or I mean, what do you think of these matches oh, yeah. stopping? And oh, that... Each week it's something. It's, uh, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't mind it so much if there's a clever way to do it. Like if <clears throat> when you had... Um, the the Viking thing coming out and they All did right. the whole big run in and then they stopped the match. They went to commercial and came back as a six man. I mean, and then we're doing two out of three falls, and then even AJ and Ricochet, which which we'll get to in a little bit. You know, right. the foot on the rope, the false finish. Like I'll right. tune in next to see if it continues or holds up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's 
how many but how many creative ways can you do that for I mean a yeah and break? we're on I think it's like our 10th two out of three falls in and really month. were we losing anything in those breaks they were always hold, just doing rest holds and yeah stuff. I never even had a problem with the commercial breaks and then there was also there was a I mean they may still do it where they would go to a commercial break and then the, the show is like in the top left hand corner like yeah I think Smackdown does that for certain ads I so. don't know why Vince is so adamant about not having wrestling during commercial breaks we weren't really losing anything no I never had a problem with it i think it's more of the uh quote-unquote <clears throat> well i don't want to say wrestling fans but you know what i mean the diehards that all you went to a commercial during the match sports don't go to a commercial during the i the, i get that and but... then it goes back to the is it a sport is it entertainment and, right i mean it, it's it's all up in the air <clears throat> what you what you want to call it is what you want to call it right and i mean yeah is it a sport or not it i mean sometimes you just got to go you know, take a break from the action once in a while. Yeah, and I mean, that goes back to what Fox apparently wants. They want more of a sport. So. Right. Well, but Raw isn't Fox, or Raw isn't going to be on Fox. Right. Smackdown is. Again, it feels like, though, you know, if they're going to do it to Raw, they're going to do it to SmackDown. So maybe only do it on Raw, only do it on SmackDown. You know, know, somehow differentiate them, but you know, whatever. I didn't really care. It's it's Miz versus Elias. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, Elias who <clears throat> was moved to SmackDown. But anyways, so yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah and it is on Raw. So up next, this was definitely Heyman. We don't even need to discuss that. Um, yeah, the airlines must love these guys. Fly him back here. Fly him over there. Fly him over there. He's over there. He's oh, over there. <laughs> frequent flyer miles. Right. All that. So Surprised they don't have a fleet of planes. <laughs> Take the private jet. Right. So I would say uh, this might was, save a bit. <laughs> A little bit. They would say, um, Mike and Maria. This was definitely oh, Heyman. Oh, this is definitely, yeah. Um, from what I heard, like, Maria and, and Paul Heyman, they go way back. They're good friends. And yeah, even from mentors. OVW. So, um, yeah. you know, obviously that's uh, that's self-explanatory there. But, <laughs> but wow. But anyway, what, what a way to go. So just kind of set this up. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch were giving a backstage interview. Honestly, it was, I, don't, I mean, the word cringeworthy is, yeah. uh, and, you know, the whole lovey-dovey stuff. I don't really, um, I think they're still trying to find their footing of what they want to be as a couple. But I, I mean, suppose I'm personally am not the biggest fan of um, personal relationships being played out on TV. It, maybe it's just me and my sappy nature, but the thing of like love and a, and a romantic relationship, especially when it's like a real deal type of thing, that is too much of a, a rare and like wonderful thing to trivialize and put on TV. Yeah. In my opinion, like no, I, I, I don't think I would like to play out a storyline with my wife. You know where like our relationship is under the microscope. I agree. So I mean, I I get kind of a little nerve or not nervous, but like I don't know, I kind of fall off when they start bringing their real life relationships into their work. It's like blending work and personal, and that's something that has always kind of just sat a little off with me. Yeah, especially uh, what <laughs> with what happens to Mike and Maria. Yeah, it, that, <laughs> can you imagine that? So exactly, like I've been through a bad marriage, and now I'm finally in a decent marriage, and like I wouldn't want to like trivialize or compromise my current marriage for the sake of a storyline or a work thing you know yeah i mean uh i mean actors and stuff kiss other actresses and right movies but and... that's in that's involved in the work thing like that's not a personal thing like this is blending the personal and, and work and that's where lines start to get blurred and stuff gets you know trivialized and and doesn't mean as much to us regular folk yeah and becky and seth are even joking online right now that apparently they don't <laughs> have a chemistry. lot of chemistry <laughs> i saw like seth rollins chemistry class and it was like them getting on a two-handed bike and it just falling over <laughs> yeah i don't know about that but anyways uh uh, Becky and Seth were given some interview that honestly I didn't think was too good. And all of a sudden, who interrupts them? Mike and Maria Kanellis. Yeah. 
I mean, if you would have bet me a million dollars, I mean, never, this was a big surprise. Never would have suspected it. But anyways, you know, they just talked about how we're the real couple here. Right, right. And all this. And, uh, you know, it obviously led to a tag team match. I was actually excited for this match when it came about because Mike had been, uh, Mike Bennett had been going on and on about how he wants to be used more on TV. Mike Canellis. Well, uh, <laughs> are you talking about his Twitter handle or his WWE name? Oh, boy. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so I was actually excited because I don't know uh, Mike Bennett's work you know, from the past. Um, I, I've seen a little bit here and there, but I'm not super familiar with it. So with him begging to be on TV, I was actually excited to see what he could do. And then I was very quickly disappointed. I was told, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So that's my comment on Mike's uh, past work. So, oh, okay. Anyways. Not a fan, huh? Uh, anyways. Okay. <laughs> Back to the tag See, ma- like, Remember, kids, earlier in the podcast, pulling teeth to get information out of this guy. Pulling teeth, unless we want to talk about Eric Young some more. But <laughs> I will mention uh, the tag match was, you know, it was what it was. It was just kind of a teaser for Rollins and Becky to right. team up, kind of yeah. show everyone what Extreme Rules will be. And then we get to the post-match. Uh, yeah, which, I do, mean... Do you want to break this down? Or what, what a way to announce it. Apparently, she's pregnant. And then later on, we find out that they actually are. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting that, you know, they got so close to, like, maybe getting Maria in the ring, and they just didn't, like, she didn't even get touched. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, say right away she had some... Uh, now. You know, different ring gear on. I guess if you want to go back and look. oh, I suppose yeah. That, I did know. I did take notice of that. I mean, it didn't ring so true in my head, but I did think that is some interesting choice of, of ring gear. Yeah, I mean, it's all hindsight now. You look back and mm-hmm. you can you know see that. So I'm gonna say um, the part about Maria. So uh, Becky went and uh, was gonna you know punch her because she yep. tagged her in. So right. it was you know I mean, girls got girls. Yeah, it yep. was time to get in there, and she grabs a mic and yells that she's pregnant. And, of course, Becky, you know, stops and stuff, and nobody knows what's going on. Right, right. And then— uh, It kind of rings back. I don't know if you ever saw Kill Bill 2, where they—, they, they uh, Long time ago. They're, like, fighting each other, and then she says, I just found out that I'm pregnant. And then the person trying to kill her is like, are you for real? And she throws her the test, and sure enough, she's like, like, backs out of the room, shotgun still pointing. She's like, congratulations, and runs away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, so then uh, Mike ended up losing, and then uh, yeah, Seth well. and Becky kind of just got out of Dodge, and then... Uh, and then that happened. And then Maria just uh, completely <laughs> ripped on Mike. Yeah, I mean, she just totally took him to the um, woodshed. Pretty much was like, I don't know how I'm pregnant, you're not man enough and all this, and... I guess we're getting a little edgy on the third hour. The only man here is Becky, I wish she impregnated me or something. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, what? There was a lot of what's going on in in the old household here. So, um, yeah, I had no idea what was going on about, you know, if he was pregnant or not. But I'm going to obviously assume this is some sort of Heyman. I mean, he did something in ECW pretty similar. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. what do you think? Is this the end of it? Does Mike disappear? Or do we get now nine months of who's the father with Maria each I mean, week? <laughs> it depends on are they trying to, you know, write this into a story and keep it going? Or are they trying to write Maria off TV and explain why she's not going to be there, you know, while she's doing this? Yeah, I don't think Maria will stick around. <clears throat> and I don't know if Mike will. I, I could see this kind of going a few weeks with Mike complaining and then finally someone just, like, shutting him up. And then they you right. know, are off TV for a I while. mean, they did sign brand-new five-year deals, so they yeah. got a lot to do. Yeah, that's what makes it more interesting. Um, I think the story is that they didn't tell them because they didn't know yet. Um, the story that I read— Or they— They, they did—they knew— 
that they were trying to get pregnant, they informed WWE that they wanted to have another child okay. prior to signing their new deal. They didn't find out they were pregnant until like a week ago. Okay. Which just after they signed their deals, then, hey, look, look hey, at this. Five-year <laughs> deals. Here we go again. So maybe they were already, and they were like, yeah, we're trying. Sign the dot. Yeah, we are. Woo. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> pay me money. <laughs> hey, pay me money. Pay um, me that money. Otherwise, um, this was just very edgy, and I, uh, you know, I mentioned it again, column411mania.com. You know, you you gotta you gotta take the good and the bad with Heyman. If you're right. gonna praise him as a genius and all this, you know, he also kind of likes this kind of stuff. So that and it was it was a little little hard to hear. I mean, the poor guy's getting berated, you know, on national TV in front of a live audience. My it's favorite like, my favorite line was when uh, she was yelling at Mike and then pointing at Seth. She's like. I should have known you couldn't mop the floor with him. You can't even mop up at home. Or <laughs> I thought that was good, but I did have a little PTSD come in of my first marriage. So, oh, <laughs> uh, well then we're gonna move. She, on. she was just as evil. Wow. Yeah. We're going all out here. So <laughs> all elite. All elite. Oh, all, all in. All right. Ooh, so well, that, um, that's over. Good thing uh, we got um, some positive. So we have Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Obviously, that yeah. story's continuing. Um, Carmella beat Alexa Bliss. Alexa. I guess Carmella's on Raw, but whatever. I guess she, she's anywhere. Again, uh, wild why, card, what? Why she wanted to interject in this, I didn't understand where she suddenly popped up. But then right after that, Nikki beat Carmella. Right. So obviously the point was <clears throat> Nikki could do something Bliss couldn't. And then in the post-match interview, they're saying, what do you think about the fans saying they want Nikki in the title shot instead of Alexa? No comment. No comment. Done. Yeah, that's uh, building again. So you I know. mean, the, Alexa is the perfect person to tell this story. I know that we've done it a couple of times with Nia Jax, but um, and Mickey James too. Yeah, it does kind of suck that Bailey's kind of caught in the middle, but I think she also kind of plays the perfect. It keeps her on TV though. Oh, it know? keeps her on TV. I and... know the focus isn't on Bailey, but I mean, it keeps her on TV. I will say a quick note about then the SmackDown continuation. Um, so then Bliss let. Nikki host a moment of bliss. Right. And Bailey came out and right away she's like, Everyone thinks you should get the title match, not, you know, bliss and all yeah. this. And Bailey was trying to get her to see her, you know, the truth and all this. Right. So then they ended up getting challenged to a match and, you know, Bailey and Nikki Cross had a match and Bailey won in like two or three minutes. Well, I mean But it I know she's the champ and all that, but the whole point was the whole point of the story was you right. know, Nikki Cross could do what uh, what, what Alexa couldn't. can't, yeah. And then they had the match, and then it was like, well, nope, I guess not. Bailey beat her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's kind of a weird storytelling. You know, like I said, I didn't watch SmackDown, so I'm just learning about this from you now. But yeah, that, that the, match did not. That need automatically, to like, kind of dis. You know, it it cheapens the story now because that felt like the end game, not just right, a two exactly. minute segment on SmackDown. We we kind of had this feeling of where it was going. We're kind of excited about it because Nikki Cross is finally on TV and she's getting her shot. She should, I, I honest, and I'm never really a fan of, like, the champion taking losses. Or maybe they could have schmazzed the ending in some fashion, you know? Yeah, Bliss could have then, like, cost her the chance right, to win. Right, or, and then, you know, something cheated or whatever Then Nikki could have looked at her like, I had it won. Right. You, you know, something like that. But my guess is on Raw, and this is just a guess, it's currently Friday night. 
My guess is on Raw, maybe then Bliss will be like, see, Nikki, she beat you. You're just not as good as you think. Or, you know, something to right, like put right. her down, put her in her place, and then Nikki will doubt herself. Or maybe it turns out that uh, Bailey was just gifted with superpowers right before the match, and, you know, <laughs> then she gets to go get an Infinity Stone. That could be too. So, <laughs> um, any uh, Paul Heyman fingerprints? No, 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 not. I mean, again, it's a, it's a continuation of something that they've already started. And I think specifically because of that Bailey beat uh, uh, Nikki Cross in such a short, you know, clean. Was it was it a clean? It was as clean as clean can be. Yeah. So I mean, I think Heyman has enough wrestling sense that he'd be like, uh, she at least needs to like get disqualified or something. Yeah, I don't even think Bliss went out there. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna say this now. Like, if the shows are different, you know, clearly the rosters need to be different because yeah. if you know Bischoff won SmackDown one way, but then all of a sudden something big happened on Raw. I mean, I'm assuming he'd get a heads up about a major like development. Yeah, right. But then, like, how is he gonna finish someone else's story? Exactly. Like, yeah. if Heyman had that as the end game, but then Bischoff thought, "Hey, this week I should do that." I don't know. They definitely have to have the separate rosters because, I mean, if you're just gonna continue each week to show to show, then there's there's just no way it's going to work with two I agree. different guys. How- I mean, what's the whole point of the superstar shakeup and the brand split and having two different titles and da 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 da? da you know. Well, like- I always thought of the story. It's um, what's the saying? It's something like um, you're not going to finish someone else's novel. You right. Know, they know where the story's going, so you're not going to pick up on page four hundred and start writing. Unless. I mean, you have no idea what's in the head or the mind or what they're going for, what little foreshadowing happened earlier. So how is right. Bischoff now supposed to get in Heyman's head and be like, well, now I'm going to do this? Unless he wrote down everything he did before he died so that somebody else could take over. That happened actually with a book series that I was a big fan of. Really? The author died with two books left to finish. He had it, but before he died, he actually dictated the entire rest of the story to his wife. And she then, I think it was it was in some physical form, and then she gave it to a writer that both the author that had deceased and the wife trusted, and he went and finished off the last two books. Phenomenal. Did very, very good job. Oh, nice. I, I loved every minute of it. All right. So, so I mean, it is possible to, to, do, yeah. to finish someone else's novel, but, I mean, he had explicit, you know, direction to go. Yeah, hopefully uh, Heyman's not leaving us anytime soon. No, I don't. I don't think anybody will be. They're no, too, they're too protected. Right. <laughs> they're immortal. Everybody there's everybody on TV is immortal. They're not like us. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So our main event, uh, once again, Ricochet AJ Styles. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. This time the United States Championship. Um, well. Uh, AJ kind of won it, I guess, with the false finish, which I, mean, I didn't technically care for. Not. Yeah, the the whole foot under the ropes thing. I mean, again, a cheap thing to get to a commercial break. I mean, that pretty much just tells us we're never going to have like a classic TV match again. That's what it tells me. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it kind of does feel like, like that, doesn't when's it? When's the last time we had a 20, 30-minute like, Seth Rollins you know, gauntlet-type performance? You know, we're right. getting these five-minute little... Yeah, does that do away with the gauntlet matches now? I have no idea. Would that count as the same match if a pin and then, yeah, I'd have no idea. But anyways, the match did end up restarting, and obviously we all know what happened. Ricochet. One and only. Ricochet got the victory. I did not like him losing last week to AJ. Right, I didn't either. I uh, liked that he had momentum and all this after stomping grounds and didn't like him then losing 24 hours later. But anyways, Ricochet got the win here. That kind of makes up for it a little bit. But the real story of the night, the whole night, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows had been kind of, you know. Hemming and Han hanging around. Uh, yeah, kind of. Tex Ferguson. 
putting their nose Chad too bad. in the AJ Styles business <laughs> and fired them up to slap them around and yep. all this fun stuff. And sure enough, at the end, it the was true. The club is back. And from what I read, it looks like that Gallows and Anderson might be sticking around now. Yeah, that is very interesting. That uh, kind of would go against why I would assume they were back together. But if they're back together, I mean... Kind of like the revival. Does that mean they're next to get suckered into a new deal? It, it could be. Or Mike um, and Maria just appeared on Raw after a five-year deal for the right. first time in forever. I know that Paul Heyman likes Ricochet, and he's a big fan of AJ and and, and Gallows and Anderson. So How can I, you not like Ricochet? Right, exactly. But uh, so I mean, we're definitely going to see Ricochet in high high-level spots coming up. Um, from what I can tell. Um, there's a little more on, on the Heyman, who he likes and stuff like that, that we can get into later. But um, I think that they actually have a chance to maybe do this club thing right. Uh, you know, because they, they kind of did it with uh, John Cena, and it was decent for a minute, but I think that there's so many more elements. I mean, how long has it been since we had a really good, like, stable you know, like uh, the club, I think, could do something kind of similar to what Evolution did or, you know, where they just cause havoc in their or havoc. I'm sorry. My wife makes fun of me for saying that word wrong all the time. Havoc? Havoc? Havoc is uh, I've, I've heard it both ways. So I, I've always I, said I say havoc. documentary. So. Oh, really? We're all we're all kind of we, yeah. documentary. I say documentary. <laughs> It's a little weird, but what I saw a really good documentary that we can talk about off air because I don't feel comfortable uh, being public about it. But wow, Mister Pulling Teeth. So, anyways, uh, the whole now thing I'm with one fifty, <laughs> right? So, um, I think um, <laughs> I think this definitely has a chance to be better than last time. Absolutely. The last time it was only uh, I think it was only two months. Yeah, and they did the whole beat up John. Beat Cena up John thing. Cena. Yeah. So I uh, assume this, you know, Heyman has something to do with this. I hope, I, you know, I think it, I think in Heyman's hands it has a chance to be really, really good. Yeah, and AJ as a heel, I don't know if it was necessary, but maybe he did kind of feel... Uh, with, with Gallows and Anderson being the type of, you know, monsters that they have the potential to be, you kind of almost have to have a heel at the front of it. Yeah, definitely. They would need a you know a, a quote unquote leader. I mean, again, how many face stables have there really ever been? Too, you know. Yeah, DX that's true was too. like in between. That's true too. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. So I'm I'm fine with the heel turn. I like it. I know uh, AJ Styles is obviously a fan favorite, but sometimes when it calls for it, you know, the, he can do the heel though. Like, uh, yeah, he can do that it. whole build up with Shane McMahon. I thought was done real well. Yeah, the heel side, uh, you know, kind of needed some people right now. So if that's Agreed. what that's what he's got to do, then that's what he's got to do. What do you do think overall of Monday Night Raw? I thought it it felt felt fresh. It felt like there was some new elements there, something to kind of get invigorated. I actually sat and watched all three hours this week for the first time since uh, what was the last Saudi Arabia greatest some paper super showdown, super happy death down, whatever kill people wow um, Whoa. yeah i i well since actually more or less since uh, uh brock winning money in the bank contract like i kind of boycotted but this time i actually sat down and watched the whole thing because that uh, you know with Heyman's fingerprints on it it actually felt like it had a potential to be entertaining okay. and i was not disappointed i had a great time watching it yeah the key always to me i mean they got the little ratings bump and all that but the right. key to me always is the follow-up yeah let's see what ha- i i will be watching next week because i'm curious to see you know how much more Paul Heyman gets involved. 
Yeah, and I mean, if they go right back to what it was and all that, like, what did last week really mean? Then? Exactly. Yeah. So it's got to continue, and then obviously Extreme Rules, and then uh, you know SummerSlam, and I would assume they have something kind well, of big for not, that. Well, let's not let's not forget that Eric Bischoff will then be taking the reins of SmackDown, so I might even be paying more. I may even put it back on my DVR. Whoa! How about that, huh? That is saying a lot. I'll let it grace my DVR again. <laughs> <laughs> what an honor! Right? That's that's an that's a high place. I mean, I got a movie from way. About five or six years ago, still on there. Oh, nice! Which movie? Do you know? uh, the Psych movie. Okay. Did you ever see the TV show Psych? I have not, but oh, I know a lot of people it's think fantastic. it's hilarious. Right? I've seen it both ways. Okay. <laughs> Come on, son. Come on. So uh, I'm going to fit in some uh, cheap plugs right here. You are listening cheap. to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast, 411 Podcasting Network. You know that already. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and of course, 411Mania.com. Mr. Steve, what do you got? Well, I got a little music project called The Resonant Complex. Uh, www.theresonantcomplex.com is where you can find kind of the headquarters of that. Also, it is available anywhere digital music is sold, iTunes, Spotify, or streamed. Uh, YouTube, Google Play, you name it, you can find it. Go check it out. The debut album, North Avenue by The Resonant Complex. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of move over to a little uh, AEW. Oh, boy. Chairgate. Yeah, they had a show, um, uh, I think it was last week, whatever night it was. I didn't watch it, didn't really care for it. So I didn't have the time. No, I think it was, <clears throat> uh, what was it called, Fighter Fest? Fighter Fest, yeah. Okay, so honestly, not a whole lot of uh, headlines coming out of it except Moxley is nuts. Moxley which... is insane. It took him a whole 2.5 seconds to go nuts and just destroy everything and everyone in his path. Yeah, and isn't he in, uh, I think it's called the G1 or he yep. is like yep. some tournament he's in or a something? New, he's in a, uh, entered in a tournament. Well, he is the currently New Japan uh, United States champion. That is true, from Juice. Ro- right, one from Juice Robinson. Okay. Um, he entered into the G1 Climax Tournament and... And I guess they had a bunch of promo for it today, and he was the only one absent from all that. So read what, into that what you want. Uh, is that an AEW move, or he's back? Um, <laughs> or maybe he's yeah, maybe he's just like taking time off. He does have some independent stuff. I know. I don't know what his schedule is, but I know that his deals with AEW and New Japan allow him to focus on other stuff as well. So maybe he's got a signing or a promo or something coming up that that he's doing. But um, yeah, I think most of that is probably going to be exclusive once the tv show starts oh absolutely i mean and you're seeing it right now they don't want their guys destroying their bodies well right now i mean it actually is it would pay off for AEW to let them kind of go other places and do stuff because then it's like okay we're doing this now now come fall come check me out on AEW because that's the only place you're going to see it it's a little bit of a i don't want to say free promotion but yeah it kind of is so it's brilliant marketing, really. The other headline to me, obviously, and uh, this is what we're gonna quick kind of talk about. I'm not sure if we have too many thoughts on it, but uh, Chairgate. Chairgate. I mean, so I, we were talking off air, and and you kind of alluded to having some nasty thoughts about this guy, but there was that Sammy Callahan, Eddie Edwards uh, thing from Impact, where by mistake, you know, Eddie Edwards took the brunt of a baseball bat steel baseball bat to the eye oh my god i remember watching that gif over and over again just being like cringing every time yeah. but then they wrote it into a storyline right and uh i would say that you know it's the right move to do that and right. you, you kind of should do that obviously unless it's not tasteful or if you know the guy says no i don't feel comfortable about you know. right but i mean basically where i was going with that is that mistakes get happen make mistakes happen and i've seen this chair shot from many many different angles and there was one angle where it was actually kind of not behind Sean Spears, but kind of off to his right side, 
and you got a really good shot of that chair of the the how it reacted when it hit Cody Rhodes. It definitely looked like the chair was set up to take that kind of a hit. Um, now it could be Sean Spears misjudging. Maybe Cody wasn't standing in the right place. Unfortunately, that back of the chair got him. And as we all know, steel and flesh, they, they don't like each other very much. I think <laughs> steel always wins. Steel uh, usually wins, unless you're Colossus from the Marvel movies. <laughs> um, I was going to mention, actually, uh, what you said. Mistakes happen, but here's right. where the thin line goes. You okay. know, It's a fine line between mistakes happen... And putting yourself in that position. And just being reckless. Right. And this was the opposite <laughs> side of the Callahan-Edwards shot. Was that a mistake happening, or was this just, uh, I mean, a dude set his chair on the chest, and this guy was going to whip a baseball bat at full force and come right, right down on you? You put, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like. I mean, at some point, do they not, like, stop? And I remember from WrestleMania 17, this doesn't necessarily fit, but to me it did. It was the part where Jeff Hardy tried to walk across the top of the ladders. Oh, yeah, yeah. And needless to say, it didn't work. And right. at some point, you know, somebody had to have said, like, well, this is either going to end horribly or this just isn't going to work. But, right. you know, when you have an idea in your head, you're you're going to see it through, and you're going to do it and be stubborn about it and do it no matter what. And it, I guess it's a matter of, like, you know, if you don't want to get hurt like that or take a chair shot to the head, then don't, you know, like don't put yourself in the position like, yeah, okay, you can gimmick a chair all you want. You can make things as safe as possible all you want. Mistakes happen. People get hurt. You know, if you're not in that position in the first place, then you're not going to get a head wound, you know? Yeah, Cody's a little old school, obviously, with his family and stuff. So I think he right. even, like tweeted out earlier, update, wrestling is violent, you know, yeah. pretty much mocking I everyone. mean, it, it kind of goes back, like if you're in a relationship and you're it's monogamous and you want to stay with that person, well, then you don't go out to the bar every night and look for women or put yourself in that position right. to cheat on your relationship. Absolutely. You know, so why even be in that position if you don't want, you know, if you're not willing to get the headshot and you're not willing to take that kind of damage, then you don't put yourself in there. Now, going forward, I bet you we won't see too many unprotected head chair shots, you know. Yeah, I'm going to say it was very interesting right away that it was Cody, you know, basically a guy running the company. You know? Yeah, so if that doesn't, take that the doesn't heat, surprise me as much because of the family lineage and the way he loves to push the envelope. I think at this point, this is where Tony Khan needs to come in and be like, okay, dude, you did it once. Yeah. Now we're just going to go to the back. You know, no more no more head stuff because CTE, all that stuff is so rampant now. We're Now that we're finally, I mean, you have to think about it. We still, to this day, don't really know how the brain works. Yeah, aren't they trying to do tests, like, while they're alive because you can only test for it when they're dead? Right, right. Which sucks, obviously. But I'm going to, again, go back to what I said about... Cody was the one who did it. I wonder if this was a lower card guy. Cody can kind of take the heat right now because he's, you know, the savior and everyone loves him about right. starting AEW. So he can kind of do this and not, I don't want to say get away with it, but people will cut him slack and be right. like, oh, this is just part of the show. But if this was just two guys who, you know, were nothing on the kickoff show or whatever. Luchasaurus and the Sunny Kiss. <laughs> just for example. Hey, Luchasaurus was on Big Brother. I so. love Luchasaurus. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying if it was that two two guys, I bet you it would not have happened. Right. And then uh, just to kind of go to your other point, after the show, the Young Bucks had mentioned that the, sh- the, the chair shot was 
what did they say? Gimmick? Gimmicked. Yeah, the chair was gimmicked. They said, uh, "What would you? Uh, what do you think about Cody taking an unprotected headshot?" And uh, I think it, I don't know which one, which Jackson is which, but the blonde one. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what. I know there's Matt and Nick, but I don't know which is which. Wow. Anyways, the blonde one. He said, "Well, you think it was unprotected, meaning that they did work the chair so that it would collapse." Yeah, yeah and know. I have two thoughts about this. One is, how do you feel about them? you know revealing that is i know kayfabe's dead but i'm i'm fine with it i mean in fact i actually feel more comfortable with it because it could have been a whole lot worse we know that had everything been done right it would have looked awesome and it would have been a huge like oh my god you know like big point of the match had it not uh you know gone wrong yeah i know there's some that are saying well aew is already like admitting behind the fourth wall and all this it's like well what happened to presenting a different product if the every... fourth wall has been dead since the internet but came then out. you go back to talking dead you know they'll air the walking dead and then afterwards they'll sit there and talk about the show and right. stuff so exactly you know as long as they keep it separate i'm fine and then here's the other conspiracy theory i heard is that the chair shot was unprotected. It wasn't gimmicked at all. And then they just had to, they saw the reaction to everyone online saying this is garbage. And then an hour later at the press conference, they're like, well, it wasn't. You know, yeah, the, but the, like I said. Were they covering their tracks a Referencing little? <laughs> to what I said earlier, though, like from that particular angle, basically the very second that that the the sitting part of the chair made contact with Cody's head, the chair was bent. I mean, it looked like foil. You know, so the I mean, it was the very, very second it made contact with him, the thing started bending and collapsing. So it was definitely rigged in some fashion to be more. I'm not going to say safe, but less lethal than if it was just a straight up steel chair. Yeah. Ten staples don't seem to. Right. Well, that's because that they they you can only do so much. You know, you can do yeah. the, the seat part of the chair. But there's that lovely piece of metal that your backrest on there that that's yeah. solid, man. And if you don't judge it right, yeah, you can't hit that backrest. Exactly. There's nothing that you and can that's protect there. that's what clipped them. That's what caused the twelve stitches. Is the part that they couldn't gimmick. I think it's like almost a comparison of it was kind of like like Hogan would pre-rip the top of his right. Shirts. Yep, like I remember you, seeing that. You still have to rip it. But in fact, but it's already you know. funny. Side note that you say that. I remember when I was a kid. And I would get WWF magazine and like they would have the merchandise part. Yeah. Or I would get the merchandise catalog for WWF at the time. Okay. And they actually sold the Hulk Hogan t-shirts that were prepared to be torn apart. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't know that at it, all. Yeah. <laughs> it was like they, they said it. they had like it was a little I don't know if it was torn, like started at the collar or whatever, but it was made and they advertised to be easily ripped apart. Yeah, what it would be is like the part under, you know, the collar part, the hard yeah, part pretty right. much. That would already be cut. So then once you can rip it a little. But either way, um, I don't know. Tony Khan said that like the intergender stuff and the chair shot stuff won't be on the TNT show. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, you're going to, for a national cable and, uh, uh, audience. You kind of want to make sure that you're not going to have the, well, that was garbage, that was unsafe. You know, you don't want to have that kind of heat coming down on you right off the bat. Intergender thing I'm fine with. I've never really been a fan of intergender wrestling. I It just seems like an unnecessary uh, shock system. Yeah, I mean, and Triple shock. H has mentioned it. I mean, it's not like everyone says, well, when the girl beats the guy, they're a bigger star. Well, I mean, 
Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda just main evented WrestleMania, and there and, were no guys anywhere. Right, exactly. And then you know, conversely, who's you know, is is that is there going to do the fifty fifty booking? Is the guy going to need to get his win back? And then you know, then he's an asshole or he's a jerk for. I'll, yeah, ble- I'll so bleep that out later. You bleep it out. No, yeah. you can leave it in. So then it's just, you know, right back to where it is. Like, I know Sammy Callahan, you mentioned, is facing Tessa Blanchard at the right. Impact pay-per-view. I think it's anniversary. I'm not sure. Or maybe it already happened. Did they I? cancel that, or did that go through? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I thought I read something that there was some controversy about that. Or no, no. He was promoing it. It, it was going to happen because he was getting a lot of flack for having to face for well, facing Tessa. Eli Drake, you know, left the company right because they had announced him versus tessa without that's asking what him. it was that's what it was and he it had wasn't left sammy and apparently they had also asked uh moose mm-hmm. and he declined it but you know he didn't make it public eli right. of course then went on a whole i respect everyone and all that but you know it's just not realistic and it's not yeah. for me and you know he pretty much probably already knew he was going to end up losing so i mean in the me too era like how much can you get away with this intergender stuff yeah i don't know the argument is well you know um, Mia Yim uh, yep. NXT had mentioned that the difference is between domestic violence and intergender is consent. You know, the girls getting in the ring and knowing full well than the guy. Okay. You know, that opens up a whole yeah, Roe yeah. versus Wade can of worms type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think we should uh, bother with that, but I, it's just interesting that um, basically what Tony Khan was getting at was when you get one of our pay per views, you're going to see stuff like this. The TV show. No. no, yeah, but pay per view. When you pay your forty bucks, you're actually going to get something worth. So, I mean, I, I guess it's an interesting way it, to try it's and an sell interesting thing, And it's almost, you know, I won't even be against WWE doing this. Obviously, not the chair shots to the head, but you know, when you buy a pay per view, you have to get something different than you're going to get on Raw. Or That's true. I agree with that. I mean, if you're getting a pay per view, you should get something. It out should of feel it. more like a glor- than a. It should feel more than a glorified show. Right. Exactly. I mean, right. when you're paying your money mm-hmm. and all that. So. Uh, any closing thoughts on the AEW thing? But well, then we got one more topic left. I know they had a really uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks had a really cool Street Fighter type entrance. I read. Yeah, that's always good. I think uh, obviously the wrestling part of the show oh, will then, always be fine. And then Kenny got his back against uh, Moxley. He got oh. you know to come back from uh, double or nothing. He got his little say in there. So yep, I think I think that's going to be an awesome story. And I'm actually I I wish I could watch more AEW then like I feel kind of bad for missing it but I just didn't have the time or the money I'm I think they've um I think they've already slowly been like releasing free clips on YouTube of the matches are the free matches so I should check that out I mean yeah this one I don't think was 40 bucks I think it was on uh the BR live app I think it was for free I could be wrong about that but you know they definitely wanted this one to be put out well that's something for their promotion you need to let this stuff be known I probably would have watched it had I known where to find it and then they have the uh was it fallen what is the fight for the fallen fight for the fallen and then Uh, august 31st i want to say no that's all out the the oh okay then it's before the fallen one is in two weeks i think or one week it's whenever that evolve show is on yeah that's right which is the night before extreme rules okay they're all in philly oh that's right that's right so that makes more sense and then uh yeah then it's a full build to all out and then after that we're getting uh tnt tnt which we're still waiting on the uh, actual night and right, <laughs> date, yeah. date of that. but They might announce that just before the fall season, you know, like with all the other TV Blast stuff coming up. Yeah, I'm going to assume uh, one of their pay-per-views coming up. They'll I'm sure they the, know. Oh, yeah, they, they've known all this for a while. So, 
Uh, the last topic, it's uh, kind of a minor thing, but I suppose it could be uh, big. So we started the podcast talking about Bray Wyatt and when he's going to have a match. Mm-hmm. So now we kind of ended full circle of Alistair Black. So somebody knocked on his door finally. Right, right. And uh, he, looked, he looked intrigued. He looked intrigued. <laughs> he uh, went to answer it. Nobody was there, but says uh, he'll be waiting for him at Extreme Rules. So a little note, it's in Philadelphia. Yeah. So if that matters for crowd reaction. Shout out to Botchamania because I watched the Aleister Black little segment. It was featured on there and they, in one of the endings where they kind of do something comic-y. So thanks to Matthew for that one. Oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask what they did. I can't remember exactly. It wasn't like a botch thing. It was at the ending where they just like interpose, interspose, like jack some comedy into like a promo or something like that. Oh, from like a TV show. Yeah, or something? yeah. I think, he, and he's a huge Simpsons fan, so it might have even been that. Like, knock on the door. Why are you knocking or something oh, like that? Simpsons <laughs> is awesome. Simpsons are great. I Absolutely. love watching old episodes. I just want to give a shout out to Botchamania for. Showing me the Alistair Black thing that I for showing me the missed. way, showing me the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any guesses on Alistair Black versus Question? Uh, I mean, who's out there? You got you got Orton. You got uh, Orton. You know, seems like the obvious, right? Um, I mean, you could argue Bray Wyatt, Nakamura, Nakamura, who seems to not be doing anything with Finn Balor. Yeah, because I mean, does... where, or, or maybe it could be Finn. Finn you know, is Rusev hey, on his way. <laughs> Rusev, you know, we don't we don't know any of their stat. It could be Lana, for it, all we know. <laughs> intergender. Right. It wouldn't make much sense, but perhaps. I did like that kick that he did and spin the bottle cap off. I think uh, there was a couple of MMA fighters that have done it, too. They basically do this, like, roundhouse kick, and they basically they hit a bottle just so- slightly on the cap that it spins and, like, comes off. What? And Alistair did it with his black mask. Oh, come on. Yeah, it was really cool. I haven't seen this, so yeah. dang it. I was saying um, perhaps his old buddy Ricochet. <laughs> no, Ricochet's busy. He's doing stuff. He's got the AJ Styles thing going on. Perhaps our truth randomly knocked on the wrong door. <laughs> now that I could see, that would be great. That would I I wouldn't like that because I, as we've mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I find Aleister Black to be in that position of the the lead, you know, uh, yeah. Enigma character like Undertaker once was. So, I mean, it would be hilarious if that was our truth, but it would cheapen the story that they're trying to build with Alistair. Yeah, he's definitely going to be cheered in Philly, which makes me think it'll be a heel. I don't think we're going to get some epic face versus face. John Cena. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's going to be some heel. The rumor for whatever you give it for Credence is Cesaro. I could see that, but, I mean, didn't we just see him on Raw? I mean, it doesn't have to be a mystery. Right, but, I mean, he was he was obviously, I mean, I could see it, but then, I don't know, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel organic. Yeah, either does uh, Bray Wyatt. It doesn't seem like he'd kind of fit here. I know Orton's yeah. kind of the popular one. They've been kind of doing some live event matches, almost kind of testing the waters and kind of getting set. But that, again, feels almost like a SummerSlam thing. So, mm-hmm. um, see, I don't know if he's due back, but I'm going to almost guess Seamus is the big reveal. That would be good. And I mean, he would be someone that could be a heel. He could be a heel. And he could, you know, take the loss and be fine. Absolutely. And he's in, from what I've heard, he's in incredible shape. Uh, he dropped like 40 pounds or something like that. And I mean, it'd be, it'd be, it, that would be intriguing to and, see how they would bring him back, you know? Yeah. And if he was backstage at SmackDown, like, maybe didn't they- did he leave as a heel? Maybe they could have filmed some stuff. Yeah. With yeah. The bar, I'm pretty right, sure. Right. Yeah. He was a- 
He was the 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 hated character of the bar because <laughs> we all love Cesaro. Yeah, we love Cesaro. So um, that would make sense that he was backstage. Maybe they were filming some or taking pictures. That or, could be, or he had to knock on a door, or new <sighs> gear, or he was knocking on random doors. Back. <laughs> I'll find the right one one of these days. Like, like, can you get anyone else? No, we specifically need you to <laughs> we fly need you in <laughs> to and knock, knock on, on a door <laughs> off camera. Can you imagine that's all he did? We yeah. fly you across the country or from Ireland or wherever you're at. And we just want you to go knock on a door. But Enjoy catering the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, have, have catering and I can't eat anything back there. <laughs> <laughs> nope, knock on this door. All right, uh, any closing thoughts before we head on out? Um, I know I mentioned earlier that, that there's a couple of guys that Paul Heyman is like really, really gunning for. One of them is Ricochet. He's got a, he loves Ricochet. Um, we know that he's a big fan of the Street Profits, but then a real interesting name, Paul Heyman is a really big fan of Leo Rush. So what is that going to do now? Because Leo Rush is still technically under contract. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, is he going to get used? Are we going to see him? Or are they just going to, like, Maybe he's gonna cut your losses, Paul. Save Lashley <laughs> and resuscitate him. Or... I I hope if Leo Rush does anything, I hope it's on his own. He's like, gonna mouth to mouth save his life, and then Lashley will take him back for the tenth time or something. I don't know. Okay, but... this took a weird turn. No oh, boys. So <laughs> I don't know, but that is funny that you'd mention that. I mean, would you be against Leo Rush coming back? It, he, does he have to apologize? Or... I would be interested to see what he can do on his own, but I don't think I'd give him a lot of. Uh, like he'd ha- he have to wow me pretty quick for me to be invested in his story. Yeah, and I know everyone says that in wrestling, you know, size and all that doesn't matter. But I mean, is he gonna you know hang with everyone else? I right. mean, him versus you know, I don't want to say Braun, but you know, anyone immediately you just go, okay, this guy's like a hundred. I mean, if you think though, like him and Braun would be kind of cool because Leo's very evasive and he does has a bunch of really intriguing ways to get the heck out of someplace. You know? Yeah, I've mentioned it before, but if you have time, go to YouTube. And watch Velveteen Dream versus Leo Rush from NXT. It is very interesting, a very good. I think it's like a four minute match. Oh, really? And yeah, like you said, just the way he moves and the quickness of Leo Rush. So I don't know. That'd be, uh, that'd certainly be something. If he changed his demeanor and he went out there and was just like trying to be a good worker, I think it could work. Yeah, and Heyman's always been kind of known as taking a guy's strength and mm-hmm. focusing and just avoiding the weakness. Right. I mean, he did awesome things with, with CM Punk and all that stuff. You know, even OVW giving him the, the tools to become what he became. Right, and that is called Maria Canellis. So we are going to hold out what? <laughs> OVW, Maria. Right, yeah, but oh boy. I didn't mention her. I did. He's saying that he gave CM Punk Maria Canellis, and now. Well, they dated. Did they really? They did. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought he dated Lita and... He did, and yep. Beth Phoenix. And Beth... Really? Oh, yep. Wow. How do you think they met? They Yeah, Maria... Gets around. Maria <laughs> on the main roster when I think Punk won the title. Like, they had an awkward type interview or... I don't know. Is Or maybe... Could he, play a Tupac song right now. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> even with the... Uh, when Beth Phoenix got the GTS in the Rumble, I think they were dating at the time. Oh, so yeah. So Punk was kind of like... Like I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to say setting it up, but when Beth eliminated Great Khali, yeah, and then she turned around and then got the GTS and thrown over. So they probably went back to the hotel and laughed about it. You know, hmm. interesting. So 
I guess we took a weird turn there at the end. Oh, we always do. We always do. All right, I'm going to end this before I say anything else stupid. So <laughs> you can listen to us on iTunes, obviously Apple iTunes. You can give us a nice five-star review there. And we'll give you the full podcast this time. We won't cut it off five minutes early. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Apologies on that one. That's my bad. That goes with the uh, rough couple days of This everything. one's on me. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My bad. So iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and if you want to, you can actually follow me on Twitter. I am there. It is He's at there. Justin Watry. I am there. Always. You'll actually get more information out of there than you would in real life. Wow. <laughs> all right. So what do you got for us all? Hey, we got the Resonant Complex debut album, North Avenue, is available everywhere music is sold, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. You can find it. Just search the Resonant Complex for all your Resonant Complex needs. I am in need of Resonant Complex right now. How you?